listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in, everybody. Mike Pankow here, editor and founder of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. Another big week in local and national wrestling to talk about, so let's get right to it. Let's hit the local stuff first. Uh, big event, AAW, with their pay-per-view, Crush and Destroy, last Friday night, June the 11th, at 115 Bourbon Street in Marionette Park, Illinois. And we have new AAW Tag Team Champions. Congratulations to Joasa and Dion Russman as they defeat the Second Gear crew. Also, we have Chris Statlander making her return to the company after about a year away, she retains the AAW Women's Championship over Hyon. And Mance Warner retained the AAW Championship over Jake Something in the main event. So another strong show. Um, they drew about 440 people out to Bourbon Street with uh, things starting to open up again. That's pretty damn awesome for AAW. They have a uh, another big show coming back to 115 Bourbon next month. And then... September, just before All Out returns to Chicago, they return to the famous Logan Square Auditorium, which is their Chicago Northside home, and they'll be doing a show there as well. Tickets just went on sale for that, so AAW really, really back in the fold, and they're really, really pushing some good shows right now. Speaking of good shows, Zello Pro always does some great shows. And they've started their Summer of Zello tour in conjunction with the Windy City Thunderbolts baseball team in Crestwood. And that Summer of Zello began this past Thursday night, June the 10th, after the Thunderbolts game. And we had four matches in an hour program. Missa Kate defeats Sky Blue. And in this great match, Chico Suave, our guy, Chico Suave... Listen to the ovation for Chico Suave. He wins the White Castle Crave Case on a pole match. He defeats Storm Grayson, who he dumped over the top rope in trying to reach the case. And also Egotistical Fantastico and Bryce Benjamin. So huge victory for Chico Suave. And that sets up a big match for him this Thursday back at Ozinga Field after the Thunderbolts game when Chico Suave challenges Mason Conrad for the White Castle Bold Move Championship. So big time for Chico Suave. And then we had Hyon defeating Laney Luck by disqualification. And in Zello Pro, Laney Luck starting to exhibit a little bit more frustration. We saw it at WrestleFest up in Milwaukee. She gets DQ'd for pushing referee Dan Perch. And that did it for that match. Uh, the longtime Zello Pro Women's Champion, obviously not happy with her situation. 
GPA retained the Zello Pro Championship in his first title defense over the high-flying CJ Esparza. And now Lainey Luck came out still upset about her DQ in the previous match. She got in the referee's face. GPA, who looked to be beaten, recovered, got up, picked up the championship belt, used it on Esparza, got the win. So kind of looks like the couple, Lainey Luck and GPA, are together in union of nefarious and evil deeds in Zello Pro. So this will definitely be an interesting storyline as the summer continues in Zello. And now let's go to national stuff. Impact Wrestling's Against All Odds was last Saturday night, June the 12th. This aired on the Impact Plus app. And in the main event there, AEW champion slash Impact champion slash all these other titles that he holds retained the Impact title by defeating Moose. And in one of my favorite promotions, NXT, that takeover in your house this past Sunday night, June the 13th. The main event was Karrion Cross. He retains the NXT title in a five-way match over Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and Kyle O'Reilly. And the other match that really caught my eye and I really, really enjoyed just because of the nostalgia of all of it, LA Knight, formerly Eli Drake in Impact Wrestling, he defeats Cameron Grimes in a ladder match, and that was for Ted DiBiase's million-dollar championship. <laughs> Great match there. L.A. Knight, he has that title now, and I love the Ted DiBiase gimmick back 30 years or so ago, and I just love the fact he's been with NXT. Exciting night. I, I enjoy NXT immensely, and another great takeover for Triple H and the crew for NXT. Flipping over to this weekend's news real quick, we're going to talk about this in depth with our guest this week, the one-man dynasty, Darius Luttrell, because he's on this show. It's Freelance Underground's Back to Church Street, and it's this Saturday night, June the 19th, at Church Street Brewery in Itasca. And Darius is involved in a three-way match against... Trevor Outlaw, and Dan the Dad. But let me run down the rest of the card and participants for you real quick. GPA defends the Freelance Underground Championship against Calvin Tankman. Freelance Underground Independent Champion Laney Luck defends against Billy Starks, who's making her debut for the company. Then we have Storm Grayson and J.J. Garrett in a match between two young, hungry guys who I think have done some really good things for Freelance Underground in the past. And I think they will show here, and they're going to be one of the top matches of the night, so check that out. Blair Onyx against Kayla Cassidy. And then we also have a few other competitors announced, but not matches not announced yet, for the Freelance Underground Tag Team Champions, the Brothers of Funstruction. That, of course, is Ruffo and Yabo. Then we have the Bang Bros, Davey Bang and Office Matthew is going to be there. Angel Escalera, Acid Jazz, Coda Hernandez, Cole Redrick, and Sage Phillips. The show is sold out. I mean, they've reached capacity. They've sold all the tickets. But you can watch this event live on IWTV this Saturday night at 7 p.m. So catch the action there. 
should be another great show. And Windy City Slam will be in attendance covering the show. So I am very excited about checking out my third freelance underground show. Also, this Saturday night, if you're around Berwyn, we have WOWT at the Berwyn Eagles Club. They present One Hot Summer. And for the WOWT Championship in the main event, Bandolero defends the title against Negro Navarro and Super Crazy. Plus, in another three-way match, we have Axel Rico versus AJ Flyer versus Cody Jones. Plus, we have Holly Cromwell, Celine Gray, Mateo Valentine, and much, much more. So the folks over at WWT starting to build up their uh, momentum a bit. Should be a good show on Saturday night. And nationally, real quick, Sunday night, WWE Hell in a Cell. That's Sunday night, June the 20th at the WWE Thunderdome. Pay-per-view is on Peacock. We have Roman Reigns versus Rey Mysterio in a Hell in a Cell. And in another Hell in a Cell match, it's Bobby Lashley defending the WWE Championship and a last chance opportunity for Drew McIntyre. And another match that I'm looking forward to, two solid workers in there, Bianca Belair defends the SmackDown Women's Championship against Bayley. All right. Coming up in mere moments, our special guest on Windy City Slam podcast, he is One Man Dynasty, Darius Luttrell. All right. On the line, calling in right now is our guest for this week. He's one of the fastest rising wrestlers at the Freelance Wrestling Academy. He's a former Division I basketball player. And for the first time on Windy City Slam Podcast, we welcome one-man dynasty, Darius Luttrell. Darius, how you doing? I'm doing good. And thank you for having me today. Really appreciate you having me on the call. Awesome. Been looking forward to this for a while. Um, we go back probably about a decade or so since your basketball days at UIC as I um, was regularly covering the team for UICFlamesBasketball.com. That was a whole lot of fun, uh, remembering all the different players. And, and, and when you came along and uh, you were really cool. Um, I mean, I, I've had about 25 years of experience with the UIC program. So I, I've known a lot of great people there. So let's go to wrestling real quick. First coming up this weekend, you will be part of a three-way match versus Dan, the dad and Trevor outlaw at freelance underground back to church street. Now this is definitely a match with some characters and um, you just worked with Trevor at warrior wrestling a little over a week ago. So coming into this match, what are you expecting? Uh, what am I expecting? I'm expecting to win, of course, but uh, just to have a lot of fun. I mean, Trevor, he's one of those guys that, you know, he can talk his butt off. He can get the crowd against him real quick. And then obviously Dan the Dead is just one of those people that everyone on the indie scene knows and somebody that anybody that's coming up in wrestling should aspired to be as far as like the popularity and the things that he's doing on social media and just in wrestling period. And this past weekend too, uh, Trevor Outlaw posted this video of him trying to play basketball, but it ended up being him taking out his opponent with a cheap shot after he lost the one-on-one -on -one basketball game. Now um, this is wrestling and not basketball. <laughs> so um, 
What do you plan on doing with Mr. Outlaw and Dan the Dad this weekend? <laughs> oh, just by seeing that video. I, oh, man. Uh, I'm going to have to dunk on Trevor in the ring. I'm guaranteeing it now. Trevor will get dunked on in some form or fashion. Uh, hopefully to try to shut that mouth up even for a split second. So, And hopefully Dan and Dad doesn't get in my way. Because uh, he's a nice guy. I actually like him. So he just needs to let me do what I need to do. <laughs> now, you had a three-way match recently that I saw versus Perfection and Loser for GLCW back in March. Now, what is the dynamic like working in a three-way match with two different opponents at the same time for you? I mean, it's, when you have a three-way match, it's so much going on. You know, it's not just a one-on-one. It's not you and just one person. You got to take account for somebody else trying to get the win trying to capitalize on all the things that you're doing and um, you just got to watch your back. But, you know, growing up in Chicago, playing basketball on the course, we would play games with three people, four people, five people, every man for himself. So it was always a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. So it's something I'm used to in a different fashion. So I just need to bring that mentality to this match as well. That's very interesting about the basketball part. And, um, you were a basketball player for a long time. Uh, you prepped over at Marshall High School for the Commandos. Um, now, that's um, a high school program in Chicago that a lot of people know and, and, and appreciate. And then you went to Morton College for a couple of years and then uh, UIC for two years. Um, and back to UIC, uh, Jimmy Collins and Tracy Dildy recruited you there, but you never had a chance to play for them. So you played for Howard Moore for two years. Uh, what was the Division One college basketball experience like for you? Man, uh, Division One basketball is definitely an eye opener. Uh, playing junior college first, still felt like I was just having fun. Uh, you know, just enjoying the game the way I always did growing up. But once you get to Division One, even though it's college, it still ran like a business. I remember the first day we got on campus and uh, the team, the whole team, they just set us in the office and they just started showing us all our different Facebook posts and, and Twitter posts and just letting us know anybody can see anything that you're saying and posting on the Internet. So you got to make sure you're carrying yourself uh, like an adult and representing UIC the way you're supposed to. I know guys came in with different college shirts on. They made us take them off. It's like you're only repping UIC. You can only wear Adidas. You can't be out here and all these different things. Now that's when I just knew that this is not <laughs> not the same same uh, type of basketball that I was playing. It was on a whole nother level. But I did have fun. Enjoyed my teammates a lot. So it was good. That was a team that kind of. Didn't, didn't have a great record, but I thought the seeds were there to be better. And, and then the next year, of course, after you left, they uh, made a nice little run and ended up going to the CIT. But you play with guys like Danny Barnes and uh, Darren Williams and Gary Talton, who's actually had a really nice professional career. I was just looking him up uh, the other day, and, and he was celebrating another championship somewhere, I think, in Europe. And yeah. that, that was a team that um, – I thought could have really broken through. I mean, they had some bad luck with, with some of the close losses and stuff like that, but it was a fun team. Um, with basketball and wrestling now, um, obviously the change of coaches and then you ended up staying 
to play for Howard Moore for two years. In wrestling, too, I mean, things can go wrong in a match where you have to adjust on the fly, like you kind of had to adjust on the fly at UIC. Uh, have you encountered anything like that in the wrestling ring in your two-plus years of wrestling yet? Um, I think it's different. Um, I think, like, the, the, the biggest thing that I would have to adjust to is going to going to a different place and you think the crowd will react to you one way and then they end up reacting to you another way um and that's trying to fill that out and trying to trying to get them on your side and trying to get them to cheer you if they see you in different colors because you know i wear like a chicago bulls type uniform now and going up to wisconsin they see that and it's not it's not the milwaukee bucks so I had a few people say, oh, Georgia sucks, you suck, all those different things. But just try to do something to win them over uh, at the end of the day. Cool. Um, so going back to your youth, uh, how did you get into wrestling as a fan and who were some of your favorites? Um, I mean, I think like everybody, I grew up watching wrestling. Uh, the Rock was my favorite wrestler to watch. Uh, love watching HBK. Love watching Booker T. Uh, love watching D'Lo Brown. Um, I think once I got into high school and I really got into like varsity basketball and playing every day, practicing every day, uh, being at the school, before school, at the school, uh, it was really hard to stay focused or say, stay caught up with wrestling. So I want to say honestly, the end of my senior year after the season was over with was uh, the first match at WrestleMania between John Cena and The Rock. And when I saw that The Rock was coming back to wrestle that, I wanted to watch that WrestleMania. I remember watching it in my dorm. Uh, my roommate was Danny Barnes. I remember we, we watched that entire WrestleMania. And then I think after he won the next night, he said that, uh, that he wanted to win the championship, that he wasn't just there for one night. He wanted to stay. So when The Rock decided that he wanted to be around, I started back watching faithfully, you know, watching uh, Raw and SmackDown every week. So as that happened, I started to learn the new characters, the new guys that were on the show that I didn't know. started seeing people that I did remember when I wasn't watching as much. And I just fell back in love with it again. But I think just from a, a different aspect of that, uh, looking at the ring psychology, uh, trying to figure out the story in the match, uh, you know, obviously wondering, did it hurt when they hit the ropes or it took a bump or did something? So I wanted, I wanted to see all that. And I started telling people like, you know, I would be interested to see how all that went about. Like, how do you get to that point to be a professional wrestler? And then, um, once like NXT started coming around and I started hearing more about all these independent guys, cause obviously I really only knew WWE at the time, but. Uh, seeing Kevin Owens, seeing Sami Zayn, that opened me up to, you know, people saying, well, if you like them in NXT or on Raw, you should see them in Ring of Honor or their AAW shows or New Japan. And then I just started hearing about all these different companies. So I ended up falling in love with the independent scene as well. So still fairly new to it, even with the training. So I'm still learning more and more as I go. Which brings me to my next question. Um, Back in December of 2018, we exchanged some messages on Instagram, uh, and you made your intentions known that you were starting at Freelance Wrestling Academy. So you ended up going there. Um, who were some of your trainers there, and what was the experience like? Man, that first that first night, 
I just remember all the anxiety, like all the butterflies in my stomach because I was just super nervous about what was going to happen. Um, but everybody made it real easy. I mean, Jesus Bryce, he was there my first night. Uh, all the students that were already training, uh, I want to say David Bain, Sean Galway, uh, August Matthews, all those guys, they were already training before I got there. Uh, they made the night super easy for me, uh, made me comfortable. And uh, obviously, once Isaiah started training us as well, he made things even more comfortable. And, you know, it's a real family-oriented place. Like, they want you to go there and get the job done and be serious during that time. But, you know, we have our times where we can laugh and joke. Um, and we've really grown together over these last couple of years. By all accounts, um, the people over there are very professional, very cool dudes. Uh, I, I just saw Isaiah over at Warrior Wrestling a little over a week ago. He's a class act, great guy. Obviously, Jesus Bryce, we've had him on the podcast before. And cheap plug, go ahead and check out the archives. You can download the Jesus Bryce episode from anywhere you find your podcasts. Um, great people, um, awesome guys, um, great veterans they know what they're doing in the ring now was there anything that you did during your training uh any anything that you remember that you like totally messed up and you're like oh crap they're really gonna come down on me uh i think the the biggest part for me is like when i was when i first started training was getting my roles down the right way uh because i did have some some knee issues and it was more mental than physical. So they were just trying to encourage me to make sure that, you know, you got it. It's not as bad as you think it is. Uh, trying to help me get comfortable uh, with everything that I was doing. Because I thought, you know, I would like possibly hurt myself uh, doing some things or if I bent my knee the wrong way. But uh, I feel like everything really worked out just because they are all super encouraging. And I also want to shout out, too, because... Uh, Isaiah and, and Bryce, they were the trainers at the beginning. And obviously, they still are. But, you know, Kylie Ray, she's training us now. Uh, Robert Anthony, he's on the training staff as well now. So just having four different individuals, four different um, people with different mindsets, but all with the same goal. And people that have been on different levels as well, um, helping us out has been a major factor in all of us growing. Now, being a guy who's what, what, six, seven, six, eight, right? Right, six, eight. Yeah, six, eight. Um, going into this business, obviously, this isn't basketball. The where height, you know, is always an advantage. What is it like trying to, you know, roll around and and, and take the bumps when you're maybe several inches taller than most of the trainees? Uh, it's, it's funny because we have a smaller ring that we train in, and there's a lot of things there. Uh, we're supposed to do, um, like if they say do two rows in a row uh, from corner to corner and everyone else is doing it fluently, but it's always, I'll take that one row. I have to step back because if I take the other row, I'm going to hit the turnbuckle or uh, how they teach us to throw people off the ropes uh, for a whip. They want us to stay tight just for being a smaller, a smaller ring and just trying to work work with the space but once you get into those bigger rings you know you have to be able to over exaggerate all those moves that you're doing so um 
it's really just more so just knowing how to adjust from ring to ring because you might be in a 16 foot ring one day or 18 foot uh maybe a few times you may be in a 20 foot ring and i love those the first time i stepped into a 20 by 20 i was like this is where i need to be all the time <laughs> uh, just for all that space yeah so you've been wrestling shows for a couple of years now um to this point is there a favorite match or a favorite opponent you've worked with oh so i think they're all they all have been good um i i, I love any match that uh, me and Davey Bang, we get a chance to work together. Uh, August Matthews, we've had a couple. We had one singles match in uh, another um, in the tag team match that we just did last week. Uh, I think one of the people that I know that I have good chemistry with, like all the time, is uh, Storm Grayson. Um, we had a match at uh, the GCW show back in January, but I mean, we've done things in seminars practice matches and we just seem to always click as well. Cool. Um, so what has the feedback been like from your trainers and your promoters, you know, through your first two and a half years or so uh, training and getting started in professional wrestling? Yeah. Uh, I think it, the biggest thing is always about my size, making sure that I'm staying tall, make sure I'm staying big. I should never give my height up to anybody. Don't, you know, if you're going to bump for someone, make it make sense. Uh, you know, I, I think my biggest criticism when I first started uh, was that I was being too safe because I didn't want to hurt anybody. Uh, but something, but it was always just, you need to lay it in there. You need to put those strikes in there. You need to put those boots in there because you, you just can't be out here. We understand that you want to keep people safe, but you need to, you know, understand the business and not stiff anyone, but if anyone knows that they're working with a bigger guy, they should already know that, you know, some of those punches and those boots may be a little bit stronger than some of the other people they face. Now, uh, you've worked um, for several promotions locally and in the Midwest, uh, places like uh, Freelance, Freelance Underground, Zello Pro, Warrior Wrestling, GLCW. Now, are you planning on expanding your repertoire in terms of going to different cities and different companies across the country? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so I've done a lot of work in Minnesota um, with AWF, uh, wrestled with Showtime, uh, will probably be wrestling with Higher Ground Wrestling as well. Um, was supposed to work with them last year before the pandemic, uh, so hopefully, you know, we'll still be able to collaborate and I'll be able to get some shows up there. Uh, Frontline Pro is another place that I plan on uh, working for this year in Wisconsin. And um, those are the main ones that's at the top, of, in the front of my mind right now. But, you know, I would love to get back in Indiana. I would love to wrestle in Ohio. Uh, would love to wrestle in Missouri. Uh, in, in Michigan as well. I honestly just get the Midwest out of the way first because I think that's just on my bucket list. I would love, love to wrestle in every state in the Midwest. Uh, I was fortunate enough to have my first professional match in Canada with Superkick. Um, so I'd love to go back to Canada as well. Any crazy stories uh, driving with 
some of the people to the matches. I, I, a lot of times you guys will, will carpool to a match in Wisconsin or carpool to a match up uh, in Indiana or, or wherever. Any crazy stories of like three or four guys in the car? Uh, any whimsical moments like that? Uh, yes. Um, I remember going to a show in Minnesota and there was – it was me, Davey Bang. It was Weatherman Josh. Uh, he's probably the most famous student from <laughs> Freelance right now. And then we had uh, Joe Alonzo in the car as well. Uh, oh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so it wasn't. So this is really not too much about Joe Alonzo, but it was Weatherman Josh. He has a car that um, that has autopilot, and um, I remember we were driving there. And, uh, we were testing it out and everybody was just so fascinated that the car can drive on its own and it can turn into curves on its own and things like that. Uh, but you have to keep not, you don't have to keep your hand on the wheel, but you do have to touch the steering wheel every so often so that they know that you're not asleep basically. Uh, so I just remember us driving back and you never let, you never ever, if you're listening to this, if you're riding with Davey Bang, you never let Davey Bang draft back at night because he cannot stay he cannot stay awake at all uh <laughs> so he was driving he had the car on autopilot but he was awake for a while but he started to fall asleep and i was in the um passenger seat watching him fall asleep um as the car was driving and i just remember weatherman josh and joe alonso just recording him the entire time and you know we scared him <laughs> we scared him while we were on the uh, the expressway to make him think that we was I won't say lose the control of the car because uh, we didn't want to like crash or anything like that. But we had to start, <laughs> we had to start startle him a little bit because he needed to be awake. I was literally right there the entire time watching him doze off as this car was driving. <laughs> Hang on a second. This is Davey Bang, the guy who's known for taking energy drinks before and during his matches, and here he is falling asleep in the car at night. I mean, you think he'd be living the gimmick a little bit more and taking an energy shot so he wouldn't fall asleep? Oh no, he he still has his energy <laughs> shots. He still is drinking, drinking, drinking his Bang, but you know, I think I think he's getting too used to those things now. I don't know how many he would need to really drink to be overcharged, but. That stuff is just kind of in his bloodstream now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And uh, one more question that I've been meaning to ask other guests, and I kind of want to ask you this. When you go to a, a smaller venue, like, uh, say, a VFW or a rec hall, say, like, uh, the one in Cedarburg, which is connected to, like, a bowling alley, mm-hmm. I mean, after the show, you're, you're probably sweaty and, and, and dirty and all that. I mean – and not all those places don't have showers per se. So how are you cleaning up afterwards? Cleaning up. So you, you <laughs> well, <I was> the, <laughs> uh, we're taking the, the real uh, darks out of indie wrestling right now, right? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so I, a lot of wrestlers actually just keep baby wipes. <laughs> I think that's the secret. This is baby wipes. I have baby wipes in my car that I keep with me. And I just use them to wipe off. You know, if I'm doing, if I'm, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, the matches is not supposed to be that long. So hopefully, I won't be out there breaking a sweat anyway. But keep those baby wipes in handy. 
just in case. <laughs> I was always kind of curious about that. You know, uh, obviously, if you're playing a college basketball game, they have facilities where you can shower and stuff like that. But indie wrestling is a little bit of a different world in that respect. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it, it builds character. If, you, if you're used to something like that, especially me coming from Division One. I, I mean, even playing semi-professional, you know, we had showers and stuff at the places that we would go to. But, you know, now you just got to get in where you fit in, you know. <laughs> change, change the room. Everybody's on top of each other. But it's, it's yep. fun. So the event this weekend is Freelance Underground, back to Church Street. It's this Saturday night, June the 19th. It'll be Church Street Brewery in Itasca. And some of the matches already announced. I'm just going to throw a few of them out here. GPA will defend his freelance underground championship against Calvin Tankman. Laney Luck defends her freelance independent championship against Billy Starks. Then we have the aforementioned Storm Grayson taking on J.J. Garrett. Blair Onyx faces Kayla Cassidy. And then... We also mentioned the Dan the Dad versus Trevor L. Off versus the one-man dynasty Darius Latrell three-way match. And also on the card just announced recently will be Freelance Underground Tag Team Champions, the Brothers of Funstruction, Acid Jazz, and Coda Hernandez at this point are all booked for the show and have been announced by the promoters. So Darius, other than your three-way match, which match will you be paying close attention to? Man, I'll be so honestly. I'll be watching the entire card because mm-hmm. you know, obviously all those matches I believe will be great matches. But at the same time, a lot of those people's on a lot of those the people on that card could be future competition. You know, uh, I would love to get in the ring with Calvin Tankman one day. GPA, um, I think that's going to be a great main event. Laney and Billy Starks—they're going to have a great match. Um, obviously looking to see what Storm Grayson and uh, J.J. Garrett do against each other. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm excited for the entire card. Yeah, uh, James and Caleb always do a, such a great job with uh, Freelance Underground. Uh, I will be there covering the show in person, taking pictures. So I'm very excited to be heading out to Itasca for the first time. Uh, and once again, before we let you go, go ahead and promote your social media and any additional upcoming shows and events you'll be appearing at. All right. Okay. Thank you. Uh, so my social media, uh, both Instagram and Twitter handles are the same. It's one man dynasty underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Um, in the next couple of shows that I'll have during the summer, uh, I'll be working in freelance underground in July, not July, uh, in August, um, September. Um, and then I have Frontline Pro in November. Um, those are the ones. I also have AWF in July in Minnesota. All right, so you're trying to keep busy, and obviously more bookings might come along for you as time comes uh, to pass. Yeah, I know there are some other bookings. I just can't think of them off the top of my head right now. So, uh, I'll make sure to share those out when I get a chance. So as they say, stay tuned. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Yep. All right, Darius, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. And uh, we'll see you this weekend. All right. Thank you. I really appreciate it.
That was One Man Dynasty, Darius Luttrell. So glad to finally have him on Windy City Slam podcast for the very first time. I go back about 10 years or so with Darius, um, obviously, when he was a basketball player at UIC. I've known him for a while. He's had a passion for wrestling for a while, and now he's trying to get out and doing a pretty nice job in there as well. Um, Freelance Academy student, making waves and promotions like Freelance Underground, Zello Pro, and he's even had a couple of matches up for GLCW in Wisconsin. Very, very much Looking forward to what he can do down the line as his career progresses in the Chicago scene and perhaps beyond. All right, folks, that will do it for Windy City Slam podcast this week. Next week, we will recap Freelance Underground show at Church Street, plus hopefully another Chicagoland area wrestling guest. We have some great stuff in the works, so stay tuned, everybody. Goodbye.